Hey, thanks for joining us for today's sermon. My name is Phil. I'm one of the pastors here at Berean Baptist Church in Mansfield, Ohio. And we would love to help you connect to your next step towards following Jesus. If you visit our website at bereanfamily.com, you can reach out to us. We would love to pray for you and just connect you to the ministries here of what God is doing uh, in our region. And so please check us out there. And here's today's sermon. Good morning, Berean family. It is good to see you all this morning. Uh, kind of a uh, kind of a strange thing for me. This is the second week in a row I've been up here. Uh, not used to that at all. Uh, it was a good week last week. I was glad I was able to join you all on uh, last Sunday. Uh, but I got to admit, it it was a little strange. A couple things I found that uh, we do maybe a little bit differently downstairs than you do up here. Uh, first things, you don't have snacks up here. Um, Really weird. No fruit snacks, Cheerios, pretzels, nothing. All right. So I'm going to talk with the guys when they get back and maybe we can step our game up a little bit uh, on the snack front of things. Uh, no games. No games up here last week. I, I said during the first service, maybe some Sunday Rick can get all the chairs out of here. You guys can have like a dodgeball tournament or something like that. To which he quickly shouted, no. Um, so that veto came right away. Uh, but I will tell you, last week as I was up here, our kids did get to worship with one another. They worshiped with songs from Matthew 28, 19, John 14, 6, and 1 John 5, 11, and 12, telling them and reminding them of the instruction that Jesus gave to go into all the world to preach the gospel of Jesus, baptizing believers in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching others to do the commands of Jesus. Elijah Krause taught them a lesson out of Acts 2. When Peter went to Jerusalem to preach, he told them about Jesus being the promised Messiah, that he was crucified and killed in the plan of the Father, that he was raised from the dead, and that he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he currently sits today. And when the Jews asked Peter what they should do with this information, he told them, repent and believe to receive the Holy Spirit. And we left them with this big idea that we give them one every week, which last week was this, that they could share the good news of Jesus with others. That was happening downstairs while we were up here. And again, it was really good to be here last week, to be able to hear Pastor Dan's sermon from Proverbs 7, where we looked at the seduction of sin to, given, to be given the warning that sin is at our doorstep, seeking to trap us with momentary pleasures. It was good to be here, but I got to admit that I almost didn't make it here last Sunday. My alarm went off and woke up, went into our uh, ensuite to get ready for uh, the service last Sunday. And you know I've been married for over 13 years because I called it an ensuite instead of a bathroom. Joanna Gaines has, through osmosis, entered my brain. So I went in to get ready on Sunday morning and went to get out to head here, grabbed the door handle, twisted it, and nothing happened. So I stepped back, thought for a second, like, okay, that's weird. Grabbed it, twisted it, pushed the door. Again, nothing happened. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, started to pound on the bathroom door for my wife, Melanie. Hey, Melanie. 
not remembering that she sleeps with earbuds for white noise at night. Thankfully, God gave me the wisdom to take my phone in with me while I was getting ready, so I got on the phone and called her. Phone rang a few times, and all I hear on the other end is, yes. I was like, hey, honey, um, could you come open the bathroom door because I'm kind of stuck in here. So she walks over, and I see the doorknob twist, and I hear the door trying to be pulled, but again, nothing. The latch has broken and is still in the door frame, leaving us unable to get the door open. I look at my phone. It's 6.45. I need to be here and ready by 7.30. This is a problem. I'm thinking in my brain, how am I going to call Pastor Dan to tell him I'm not going to be there? Not because I'm sick, not because something tragic happened, but because I can't get out of my own bathroom. <laughs> so I, I think for a second, I'm like, okay, honey, you need to grab like my library card or something like that and try to card the door on, open so we, can, so we can at least get it open. So she comes back with my expired driver's license. I just renewed my license not long ago, and she slides it under the door. I slid it right back out to her. I was like, honey, the angle of the latch is on, on your side of the door. You're going to have to do that. And, and God bless my wife. She grew up as a very good kid. And she had no idea how to card that door open. Time was of the essence, and I started to get a little bit anxious, frustrated, you could call it. And I said, how do you not know how to do this? And she was asking me, how do you know how to do this? And it was before Jesus, it's, you know, nothing we want to talk about, but it wasn't working. I tried threading a, a lanyard through the door and have her feed the other end back to me so maybe I could get the, the latch to pop enough that I could push the door open. Didn't work. She's like, well, let me go find a screwdriver, but there's no hardware out here. I'm like, yeah, because they're inside here facing me and my toolbox obviously isn't in the bathroom. So she went to find the smallest screwdriver that I own. Maybe we could force it through the bottom of the door. I found a metal hair clip of hers. I could get just enough tension on the face of the screws to start working them and backing them out of the door frame or the, the panel that's attached to the door. I felt like MacGyver, right? For those of you who are under 40, Google MacGyver uh, TV series, early 90s. Uh, a guy named Richard Dean Anderson, feathered hair, awesome, check it out, all right? But he would get himself into situations where he would have to defuse a bomb, and he's like, no problem, I've got a gum wrapper and a paper clip, we're good to go. So I back the screws out of the door handle, but both door handles fall off, and I get into where I can see the hardware. Great, all I need to do is reach in and slide the pin out, I'll be able to get out of the door. Didn't work. What broke in the door latch was actually inside the door to where I couldn't see it. I asked Melanie, hey, if you can see the pins on the door uh, uh, hinges, pop those out. Well, she can't see anything because her glasses and her contacts are inside the bathroom. <laughs> so it ended up being 7.15, and I finally just had to realize, I'm going to have to kick this thing down. So after about three kicks, the door broke off. The door itself broke. I quickly forgot that she had popped the hinges on the door, so it went flying at her. <laughs> Thankfully, she caught it. She's okay, and we got here on time last week. I was trapped, and I was calling out to my wife. 
In Proverbs 7, we saw the trap being laid by sin. Today, we're going to look at the converse in Proverbs 8 of being called by wisdom. We're going to look today at the call of wisdom in Proverbs 8. Now, I want you to help me out with something, okay? I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 and verses 32 through 36. This is something we do downstairs in Berean Kids. This is not something original to me, but I'm going to ask for your help this morning. When I'm completed reading these texts, I'm going to say, this is God's word, and I want you to repeat, thanks be to God. I will say, this is God's word, I want you to repeat, thanks be to God, and give it some enthusiasm. Proverbs 8, verses 1 through 5, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way? At the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Verses 32 through 36. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you how you've chosen to reveal yourself through it. God, I pray that we would heed the call of wisdom. That today, we would look in the mirror of the word, see what's out of place, and venture to correct it. Lord, let us behold wondrous things from your law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There was a preacher who told of a man who, in a dream, was given a tour of heaven. As the tour ended, he noticed that there was a particular building that had been skipped over during the tour. The man asked to go to see the building, but the angel told him it wasn't really a good idea. After some negotiating, the angel finally agreed and took the man to see the building. Upon entry, he discovered that inside the building, it was filled with beautifully wrapped gift boxes. From floor to ceiling, door to door, wall to wall, everything he saw was beautifully wrapped gift boxes. And the angel informed him that these were gifts God had prepared to give specifically to his children, but were never claimed. These boxes contained the unwanted gift of wisdom. Brothers and sisters, wisdom is a gift God longs to give to his children. Our main idea today is this, be attentive. Wisdom shouts, seeking to teach and offering eternal blessing. The first point I want us to see this morning is this, that wisdom shows herself fully. Wisdom shows herself fully. In Proverbs 8, 1 through 5, which we just read, wisdom is again personified. 
as it was in Proverbs 7, but it diametrically opposes the personification of the adulterous or a sinful lifestyle. Personification is a person, animal, or object regarded as representing or embodying a quality, concept, or thing. Wisdom in Proverbs 8 is personified, and we call her Lady Wisdom. There's two things we can see in verses 1 through 5. First, we can see that wisdom is conspicuous. Wisdom is conspicuous. In verses 1 through 3, we see language like call, raise her voice. On the heights at the crossroads, she stands. Beside the gates at the front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud. Wisdom is not prone to timidity or camouflage. Wisdom is raising her voice to be heard over the noise and the distraction of the adulterous or sinful lifestyle and the other concerns of this life. Back when I was 20 years old, I started working for a company called Truck Pro who sells uh, aftermarket heavy-duty truck and trailer parts. I did that for 12 years. So we sold parts for semi-trucks, trailers, farm equipment, things like that. Sold a bunch of different cool stuff, but my favorite thing to sell in those 12 years was tape. I know, it sounds weird, right? But it's reflective tape called conspicuity tape. And that's the reason I like to sell it, because that word is very fun to say. Conspicuity tape. And you would think, it's, it's just tape. It's, it's not a big deal. It's just, it comes in a roll or it comes in strips, but it's not a big deal. But when your truck is broken down on the side of the road at night, and cars are coming alongside of it, you're thankful for it because the conspicuity tape reflects the light and enables people to see that you're there. It makes the presence of the truck and the trailer known. It may be small, but it serves a great purpose. The question today is this, will you notice wisdom? We can become so easily distracted by everything around us Will we turn our eyes to wisdom? How many of you have ever had one of your kids want to talk to you while you're in the middle of something? Yeah. You may be concentrating on your computer or something for work and you hear, Dad. Hey, Dad. 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 All right. Most of you will understand that this one, Mom. Mom. Hey, Mom. Mom. They want to get your attention. They want to turn your eyes away from what you're on over to them. Will you notice wisdom? We see that wisdom is conspicuous, but we also see that wisdom is approachable. Verses 4 and 5 has language like this. I call you men. I cry to the children of men. Simple ones, fools, learn from me. Wisdom desires to engage everyone, including those of us who have been foolish. And I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands because every one of us would need to do so. That phrase, simple ones there, has root language that means an open door. How many of us have had at times in our lives left a door open to the influence of others as opposed to wisdom? leaving the door open to the influence of the worldly, quote-unquote, wisdom that we see day in and day out. 
the door open to men who would want to come in and distract our attention, change our mind, our heart, and our influence to something else other than the wisdom that comes from God. Has anyone in here ever met a celebrity? Anyone? A couple people maybe, all right? It can be intimidating if that ever happens to you. Like, holy cow, I can't believe I'm 20 feet away from this person. I've met two people in my life who I consider celebrities. Some people might agree, disagree with me, and that's okay. The first one, I was at Cedar Point as a teenager in the early 90s, and we were in the causeway, and we look over, and there sitting on the bench is a gentleman by the name of Paul Ossenmacher. If you're familiar with the Cleveland Indians from the early 90s, he was a relief pitcher for them. And as a teenager, you're like, holy cow, it's Paul Ossenmacher. He's an MLB player. He's sitting over there with his wife and his kids at the bench on uh, Cedar Point's Causeway. It's like, hey, go over and talk to him. I'm not going to go over and talk to him. You go over and talk to him. No, I'm not going to go over and do that. Sheepishly, we went over. We said hi. And understandably, trying to just enjoy a day with his wife and his kids, he briefly said hey and shoot us away. But I'm also a fan of a sport called mixed martial arts. Have been for years. And had the opportunity in Columbus one time to meet a gentleman by the name of Randy Couture. If you know anything about mixed martial arts or the UFC, he was the oldest ever heavyweight champion of that sport. He came out of retirement, moved up an entire weight class, and absolutely demolished their sitting champion for five rounds to win the belt. And the experience could not have been more different than when I met Paul Ossemacher. He was warm. He was engaging. He was kind. Come on over. Let's talk. Let's take a picture. He was very, very gracious. Even in the midst of uncertainty, will you engage wisdom? Will you let your guard down long enough to approach wisdom and its instruction? Even though Bible study may be intimidating, are you willing to walk through that and engage the word of God? Proverbs 8 in its entirety points us forward to the person of Jesus he is the imperfect, a perfect embodiment of wisdom. Jesus himself is conspicuous and approachable. In Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus, in front of the Pharisees, in front of the religious leaders in Jerusalem, shouts, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, meaning he is humble. Jesus is approachable. Be attentive. Wisdom shouts, seeking to teach and offer eternal blessings. Secondly, we see this, that wisdom speaks only truth. In verses 6 through 11, we see these two things. Number one, that wisdom is vocal. Wisdom is vocal. In verses 6 through 9, we see language like this, I will speak noble things. From my lips come what is right. My mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is abomination to my lips. Word, the words of my mouth are righteous. Wisdom's truth comes only from God who is perfectly holy and will always guide you in righteousness. How many of you know that at times kids can be honest? Brutally honest. Emphasis on brutally. Not long ago, a couple years ago, uh, one of my children asked to just sit on the recliner and snuggle for a bit. 
And if you have young children, you know that as they get older, those moments become more rare, so you take the opportunity. So as we were laying there and just talking, uh, my child reached up, touched my chin and goes, why do you have so much gray hair in your beard? And in the flesh, immediately, my first reaction was, you. Like, you, you, you're the reason why all this gray is here. A couple years ago, my daughter had a uh, spa party for her birthday. Uh, my wife worked hard, set up these little spa stations for her and her friends to have. And it was the Friday, the day before, and I was like, honey, I am so excited for your birthday party. I can't wait. And she goes, you're not invited. I was like, oh. okay, why is that? She's like, you're a boy. No boy's allowed. I was like, honey, what am I supposed to do? And the girl, without missing a beat, literally looks at me and goes, you can stay home with the dog for all I care. <laughs> Got to be honest, in the moment, it hurt. But sometimes the truth can hurt. Well, we hear wisdom. At times the truth of it can hurt, but it is also for our benefit. Will we listen to the hard truths that come from God's word? Will we use it as the mirror that it is that reflects and shows us who we are, what might be out of place? Hopefully, when you wake up to go to work tomorrow, you will look in the mirror, and if you have hair, uh, you will see if it's out of place. You see the things have formed in the corner of your eyes from being asleep overnight, and maybe other things have come out of place. Hopefully, you will see that and not immediately leave to go to work and say, yep, I'm okay and I'm ready. Hopefully, you will look and you will see what is out of place and you will endeavor to fix it. This word is the mirror for our lives. It reflects back to us who God is and in turn who we are and what is out of place. The question is, will we ignore it? Or will we pursue its wisdom and instruction to correct what is wrong in the life? We see that wisdom is vocal, but we also see that wisdom is valuable. In verses 10 through 11, we see language like, Take me instead of silver. Take me rather than choice gold. I'm better than jewels, and your desires cannot compare to her. Wisdom invites you to take her instruction, but the choice is yours. You can't take wisdom's instruction while holding on to your earthly desires. What you take hold of will take hold of you. I'm going to get a moment for the geeks in the room. We're going to talk Lord of the Rings for a second. All right? There was a hobbit named Smeagol, and he came into possession of the one ring which drove him mad in his fixation and lust of the power that it gave. He went so far as to refer to it as his precious. He killed for it. It consumed him. Even to the point where he had a name change to Gollum because of the guttural noises that would come from him and his passion for this ring of power. That begs us to ask the question, what is taking hold of me? What is taking hold of me? Will you take wisdom over the things of this world? Will you choose the wisdom of God over the temporary pleasures that this world may offer? 
Again, Proverbs 8 points us forward to the person of Jesus. He is the perfect embodiment of wisdom. Jesus is truth and he is invaluable. In John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's preparing them for his ascension. He says, I am going to away, but I'm, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And his disciples speak up and they say, how are we going to know the way? How are we going to find you? And Jesus looks at them and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the father except through me. Be attentive. Wisdom shouts, seeking to teach and offer eternal blessing. The third thing we see is that wisdom sources all virtue. Wisdom sources all virtue. Proverbs 8, 12 through 21. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Wisdom requires humility. In verses 12 through 16, we see words like prudence, discretion, fear of the Lord, that pride and arrogance are hated. Wisdom will not live in the presence of pride. In humility, wisdom grants you the ability to have good judgment. In the mid-2000s, there were these things that people were passing out like candy called subprime mortgage loans. They were loans given to people who shouldn't have qualified for them, who on paper really couldn't pay them back. And people just kept handing them out because the people who did it kept making more money. And there was a small vocal minority that said, if you keep doing this, disaster will happen. And sure enough, the market crashed in 2008. People lost everything because they didn't listen to the wisdom and instruction of the people who were trying to help. Will you humble yourself to listen to wisdom's instruction? Will you avoid disaster? Will you allow yourself to be shown a better way? Instead of trying to be the husband you need to be on your own strength, will you allow God to give you his wisdom and show you the way to do it? Instead of trying to figure out in my own power how I'm going to raise these kids to be disciples of Jesus, will you look to the word to give you the wisdom to do so? Will you humble yourself to wisdom's instruction? Wisdom also rewards dedication in verses 17 through 21. You see language like, seek me diligently and find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. It's better than gold and silver. And there's an inheritance waiting, filling treasuries. This is not like the modern day prosperity gospel. Wisdom's riches may not be immediately possessed, but they will be eternally granted by a loving father. Last summer, my son decided to swim competitively for the first time. And I, I don't know that he knew exactly what he was getting into. Um, you mean I have to wake up in the morning during the summer and go down and swim and practice? Yeah. You mean I have to swim against kids who have been swimming five years more than I have? Yeah. 
But even in the difficulty, even though when he was tired, he pushed through and we came to the end of the year tournament. And he finished the end of the year tournament with a team and a relay on the podium with that team. His dedication was rewarded. Will you be dedicated to pursuing wisdom? Will you commit to look in this word for God's wisdom even during hardship? Even in the midst of your questions, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of uncertainty, will you pursue wisdom? Again, Proverbs 8 points us forward to the person of Jesus. He is the perfect embodiment of wisdom. Jesus was humble and dedicated. In Matthew 26, 39, we see Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. He knows what's about to happen to him. And he falls on his face and cries out to God. If it is your will, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way we can do this, any way that I don't have to absorb the wrath of God on these people, if there's any way that this can be avoided, let it happen. But then he follows it up with this, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was humble and dedicated. Be attentive. Wisdom shouts, seeking to teach and offer eternal blessing. The fourth thing we see is this. Wisdom shapes all creation. Wisdom shapes all creation. In Proverbs 8, 22 through 31, we see wisdom talking about how the Lord possessed her at the beginning of everything. Before the mountains and the waters were in place, before the boundaries of land were in place, wisdom was there. Wisdom precedes creation. In verses 22 through 26, we see this. The language possessed me at the beginning, before beginning of earth. Wisdom was set before the order of creation and established its existence. Science has blinded people to the origin of the universe. How can there be such intelligent design, visible, yet people saying there is no intelligent designer? The last time I was at my optometrist, he was looking in my eyes and he said, I, Tim, I just don't understand it. Like, don't understand what? He's like, how someone could look at something as intricate as the eye and say that this just happened. That there was no designer in place. Wisdom's foundation is from the beginning of the world. Will you acknowledge wisdom's foundation? Will you admit that maybe the one who designed and brought forth everyone and everything knows more about what's best for you than you do? But not only was wisdom forming foundation, wisdom keeps sustaining creation. In verses 27 through 31, we see words like established, made firm, assigned, marked out. Wisdom sustains the order of creation, ensuring its existence the earth we are on orbits the sun at almost 67,000 miles per hour. And while it's doing that, it rotates about 1,000 miles per hour. Just close enough to the sun so we don't freeze, and just far enough away, or sorry, far, yes, far enough away that we don't burn up. And it's been happening this way for thousands of years. It reminds me of the song, maybe you sang it as a kid. He's got the whole world in his hands. Will you trust wisdom's protection? If you can trust him to keep the earth in its place, 
Will you trust him with your marriage? If you can trust that he holds the entire world in his hands, will you trust that he also holds your children? If he is holding all things together, will you trust him with the hardships of your life? Proverbs 8 points us forward to the person of Jesus. He's the perfect embodiment of wisdom. And we see that he is the creator and sustainer of all. In Colossians 1 verses 15 through 17, Paul writes to the church and he's talking about Jesus and he says, He is the image of the invisible God. He goes on to tell them that there was nothing that was made in the absence of Jesus. And he tells them that he is the firstborn of all creation. And the word he uses there for firstborn, when we think of it, we think differently. But the word he uses there is a Greek word called prototokos. And that's a really fun word to say too. But what it means is not the firstborn, like my son was born to us first. It means he is the highest in rank. He is over everything. He is supreme. Jesus is the creator and sustainer of all. Be attentive. Wisdom shouts. Seeking to teach and offer eternal blessing. The final thing I want us to see today is this, that wisdom secures God's favor. Proverbs 8, 32-36. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, Waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Wisdom found brings life. Verses 32 through 35, language like whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Wisdom is waiting, not in timidity, not in camouflage, but crying out to bless those who pursue and find her with life and favor. This life is spiritual and eternal. The question is this, will you find life and favor in wisdom? Will you take what this word has revealed to let you know about God and yourself and apply it to your life? Will you use the map God's given you to reach out and take hold of the offering of abundant life, a life uncommon to the world around you. But we see that wisdom disregarded brings death. Verse 36. Whoever fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. Wisdom ignored. Wisdom ignored brings catastrophic consequences of injury and death. This death is spiritual, and it is eternal. Instead of finding wisdom, will you find death by ignoring wisdom? Will you take what you've heard about God and yourself and throw it all away? Will you continue to do life on your own terms, just like the world around you? Proverbs 8 points us forward to the person of Jesus. He is the perfect embodiment of wisdom. 
Jesus gives life that saves from death. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 tells us that whoever has the Son has life. But whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Eternal life in heaven and abundant on earth. A life full of joy in the midst of any circumstances. Hope in all things. A life where you become more like Jesus. Or you do not have life in heaven on earth. And you may be physically alive today, but you're spiritually dead. And you will continue to live after your own flesh and serve the God of this world. Jesus in the scriptures makes it simple to find life. Repent and believe. Repent. Turn from sin. Turn from your selfishness. Turn from self-reliance. And believe. Turning to Jesus to forgive your sin. Turning to Jesus for change in your life. Turning to Jesus for strength to live out the word. If you don't know Jesus, or if you do know Jesus, turn to him today. Turn to him for new life, for sustaining, for strength, for eternal reward. Be attentive. Wisdom shouts, seeking to teach and offer eternal blessing. There was a song released I think in the early 2000s, called Untitled Hymn. And the first line is this, Weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die, raise your head for love is passing by. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and live. Will you hear his cry? Will you come to him today? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the wisdom found in your word and in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can have the wisdom you give us if we turn to you. Thank you for living and loving us when we were your enemies. Help us to hear your call. Help us to choose you over the things of this world. Help us be dedicated in our pursuit of you. Help us rest in your control and protection. Help us to choose life in Christ over death in sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.